Hey y'all, Seth Bradley here. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending your valuable time learning with us. Absolutely appreciate each and every one of you. I've got a small ask. If you'd please just take a few seconds and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from, it goes a long way in landing the best new guests for our show. That's it. Thanks again. Let's go. All right, super stoked to have my good friends Bob Frazier and Jim Mafuccio on the show today. We have actually partnered on deals before, so I love these gentlemen. I know they mean business, and they know this industry inside and out. Bob has 20-plus years of experience in finance, investing, and technology, and has held several CFO and CTO positions over the years, and is a former ENY Entrepreneur of the Year winner when he founded a technology company that became one of the fastest-growing companies in the Midwest, reaching 250-plus employees. Jim has over 30 years of experience full-time in real estate investing, and is an award-winning developer. He's an expert in mortgage notes and other real estate asset classes. He received a civil engineering degree from Louisiana State and started his career with Exxon, gaining extensive project management experience. All right, folks, let's jump in. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Bob and Jim, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Hey, Hey, Seth. Great to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. Super excited today. Guys, let's just jump right in. Tell me what's your story, um, how you guys formed a partnership. Take, take it back as far as you want. I'll let Jim take this one. He's only saying that because I'm older. I go back further. But uh, <laughs> I won't take you back that far. So anyway, uh, so I, I, I actually graduated college as an engineer in uh, 1979 and went to work for a large corporation as a, as a civil engineer doing project management. Did that for about five and a half years and just really, I was a <laughs> the square peg in the round hole. I had to get out of there. The entrepreneurial urge kind of got clicked on. And so I got my real estate license and really jumped into full-time self-employment in 1986 and um, haven't really haven't looked back. Haven't gotten a paycheck from anybody else since then. And so pretty much uh, got involved in projects, residential infill developments in Southern California and as a uh, as a small player, that's that's kind of a, a ridiculous business model to pursue in Southern California. <laughs> I'll spare you the gory details, but suffice it to say, I went through two really complete washouts, having built up a, a really decent net worth and done some successful development projects. All it takes is is one bad cycle, and if you're overextended in a bunch of land and you have debt against that land, you can't outrun the alligator. At least I couldn't. So. I got it handed to me twice, once once in the early 90s and then again through the mortgage crisis. So I found myself in, um, you know, uh, 55 years old, had just moved to Kansas City from California, really had to start over from scratch, started flipping houses, uh, completely broke, by the way, five teenagers under roof. And I kind of had an epiphany uh, in 2010 slash 11 that you know, I was on the wrong side of the debt equation. I needed to be the lender, not the borrower. There's a good story to that, but I'll just give you that short version. So I discovered this whole world of uh, 
buying distressed or, or you know, and defaulted mortgages. And they were everywhere, of course, because the institutions were hemorrhaging these what they called toxic assets. And of course, you know, one, one man's toxic assets are another man's treasure. So I saw the treasure in it. And uh, after spending some time, you know, doing some house flipping and short sale negotiating, um, decided to really focus all of my my real estate background and project management into buying distressed, uh, really distressed second mortgages is where I started. So I had really just gotten started a little mini beta test. And my next phase was like to try to build this thing out and go raise capital, which I can do. But I'm to be honest with you, I'm good at I'm good at promoting, but I'm not that great at building systems around it. So pretty serendipitously, uh, Bob Frazier and I had known of each other, but had never really spent time talking. We called me up one day in 2012 and uh, said, hey, let's get together for coffee. I'd like to find out what it is you're doing. And so I, I kind of explained the model that I'm buying defaulted second mortgages. And he, he first wanted to end the meeting because he thought you're insane. <laughs> why would you do that? And I said, give me five, give me five minutes to explain why. And I did. And, you know, the, the short version is he, he, he saw it. He got it. He's a smart guy. And uh, within months, he said, hey, I want to jump in and do this with you. So we formed Aspen Funds at the very made the decision to at the end of 2012 and formed it officially in, in uh, 2013 and have been off and running on this thing ever since and just building and growing and, and loving it. So I'll, I'll let him jump in. And I'll, I'll fill in fill in my blanks. I was a computer programmer, okay, many, many moons, a computer Berkeley, you know, uh, summa cum laude graduate, worked in programming for a long time, then built a tech business in the late 90s, the dot-com era, $44 million in venture capital, ended up, you know, having 300 some employees. I became the fastest growing business in the Midwest region of the United States by revenues in the late 90s. And uh, win the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, and then it blows up, and and not I lose, every, good, I, I lose everything. Okay, I, you know, first it blew we, up in a good way, then it yeah, blew up. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. We argue about craters, and I always say my crater is bigger than your crater. You yeah. know, and uh, but you know, and after that, I realized the kind of the vagaries of the uh, of the stock market, right, and the, the emotions of the stock market, and, and and it's not a place I wanted to live. And so I worked at CFO work for a while, and then um, and then. Uh, met Jim here, who's telling me about this this debt business. I'm like, man, this is so good. It's uncorrelated to, to to the to the stock market. It is it is more correlated to real estate, but it's really it's really debt, which is a completely different animal than equity uh, in real estate. And so you can you can get a modicum of safety. You can get security. You can get income. Get cap gains. There's and I, and I realized this was really kind of a superstar asset class. And, uh, and so, you know, when he, when he told me, you know, you know, what he was doing, I first was saying, okay, you know, let's end this meeting now. And then, but then once he explained it to me, I about fell out of my chair. It was so good. And so, so today we, we've been doing this nine years now. Um, we have five mortgage investment funds. Our flagship fund is passive investment. It's, uh, you know, we become the bank, you know, we buy notes from, you know, just, you know, you, when you buy a house, you get a mortgage, those mortgages are sold. If you ever get the letter in the mail, it says, okay, send your check now to this company instead of that company, that loan was sold and you don't know. So we, we're, we're guys behind the scenes. You might be sending your, your check to us, who knows? And, and we buy that, that bank, that mortgage and we become your bank and we get the checks in the mail. And so that's, that's our model is, uh, 
use checks in the mail and then we pass those along to our investors. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to dive deep down into that, but I think the moral of the, the first story is entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you know, we've, we're kind of passionate about the, you know, understanding the, the times that we're in and, you know, in the dot-com era, it didn't matter what your dot-com was, that boat was floating, you know, and in after, you know, post.com era, it doesn't matter how good your dot-com was, it wasn't floating. It was sinking. And, and so we really want to understand what, what the times and seasons are and, and know where to be, which baskets to be putting our eggs in. And, and so we're, we're passionate about economics, we're passionate about macroeconomics, we're passionate about looking at the, the trends and the, you know, and really finding the, the things that are, that are, that go with the flow. And in our case, you know, debt investing is counter cyclical, right? There's a, it's super easy to find a cyclical investment. How do you find a counter cyclical investment? Well, distressed debt certainly is counter cyclical and it's, they're very rare, very hard to find. And, you know, a good, a good portfolio is not just, it's diverse in lots of different ways, including, including uh, macroeconomically. Yeah. So, so how exactly did you guys get started in that? I mean, how did you find that? And most people, you know, they look at real estate as, as kind of a first thing and they'll, they'll start flipping houses because they see it on HGTV. I mean, how did you kind of look? And, and Jim, you had said that you've done some, some house flipping and things like yeah, that. Too. So how, that. How did you find note investing? Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, you know, after the, after the, the, the 2008, you know, mortgage debacle, I mean, there was just, it was carnage everywhere you looked. And so I kind of, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, it was, it was a frustrating season because my engine inside was revving up, but I had no gas in the tank, a broken down vehicle, but I'm seeing opportunity everywhere. So, so most people, you know, with the low hanging fruit was you go around and you look for boards on windows. Those are, you know, th those would typically be bank owned properties or REO, they call it. So that had already been foreclosed on and, and these institutions had them and they had to get rid of them. So everybody and his brother became a flipper. Uh, some people that actually had still had money then became landlords. They'd buy these houses, fix them up, put a renter in it. And I jumped into that because I had to I had to figure out a way that I could definitely drive to a paycheck. And that was it. I mean, I knew I could get my hands on a house, bring the people in, fix it up, get a hard money loan, whatever, and make some money. So I started there. But then I realized that this is not scalable at my level. And, and I saw a lot of people were jumping in. So then you move one step further upstream and it's like, okay, you go to foreclosure auctions and you bid on properties there and you get them before they become REO. And then you're the guy that gets it as the REO and, and did a little bit of that. And, and, and then, I, but I just, again, everybody was going there. I, I always like to go where the crowd is. He, he wanted to go upstream, right? So, yeah. So, so one, <laughs> one step further upstream, of course, is what we call pre-foreclosure and that's, that's short sales, you know? So I, I'm pretty good at negotiating and pretty good at figuring out a deal. Then the regulators kind of came in and started really making it weird. And, and, and then, so my final, and this all happened in a short period of time, cause I was looking at, I was seeing it all at once, but I had no idea how to get to the upstream, which is buy the loan while it's still, while it's in default, but before it's been foreclosed. So nobody, you know, you, there's a limited number of players there. So Literally, I went to a conference, a note, a distressed debt note buyers conference in Denver in 2010. And I mean, the lights just fully came on. And uh, so I started studying it and realizing I really have all the skills because it's, it's still real estate at the, end of the, at the end of the day, understanding real estate and understanding the financing. So, um, so I, that's where I, that's kind of where I decided, I decided I need to get my ADD self out of the way and focus somewhere. And I decided to focus on the upstream, buying the debt, 
and then further focus within the niche of buying the second mortgage, just because again, there was less people looking at it because it sounds insane at first until you look at the numbers and the, the leverage that you get and the very low price points that you can get in and the, and the multiples that you're able to make. So that's where I stuck the fork in first. And that's, and then, you know, Bob and I hooked up and it was just great timing. And, and we just made a, a, you know, decided let's make a build so a business. We house. bought a portfolio of 106 loans from a hedge fund and uh, Jim, Jim partnered with and uh, worked those out, returned the money to investors and then started our current open-ended funds that are running today. And, um, you know, the rest is his races. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So tell me about, you know, you said second mortgages. Most people, as you had noted, think of that as that might be a risky position to be in. Tell me why, why, why it's not. We are so glad everybody hates second mortgages. Yeah, super <laughs> You shouldn't buy them. You shouldn't. Yeah, and whatever everybody hates, you can guarantee they're going to be what? Yeah. On sale. Yeah. And there's no such yeah. thing as a bad note. I'll give you a, I'll just give you a, you know, a, a, a typical second mortgage that we would, would, that we would buy. Okay. So it would be a, you know, let's say that, let's say a house is worth $200,000 at the time of, of we purchase it. And there's a first mortgage of 150 against that property, or let, let's just say 175. So there's really only 25 marginal equity above that first. And then we have this $70,000 and that's a typical principal balance of a second that's on top of the first. So the property is underwater from the borrower's perspective. But we look at that 70,000 and say it in the day, we, we would buy it for $5,000, you know, sometimes as low as 1% of You're the buying year. a $70,000 receivable for $5,000. Yeah, 25,000 in equity on it. Yeah, and you look at it and most people would say, yeah, but you're never going to collect on that. And we say, well, we, we'll collect something on it. So, so here's what happens. So now we're in position here. And now the real estate market, you know, and this thing works even if the market's not going up, but now the real estate market starts going up. So our piece of, you know, our value and in, in the equity in our position is growing as the, as the price of the property goes up. The other thing is we, the vast majority of the time we buy these non-performing seconds and the first is performing because look, people will stop making their, you know, their, their, their timeshare payment. They'll stop making their, they won't stop making their car payment. That's usually toward the very end, but they'll, st they'll stop making their second mortgage payment because they figure, and then after like three, four, five, 10 months, they haven't heard from the lender anymore. They figure, hey, I'm, in, I'm free and clear, but they won't stop making that first mortgage payment because they think, well, the first mortgage can foreclose, but nobody else will. Well, that's where they're wrong. So anyway, the value of the property is going up. That adds value to our asset. They're paying the principal on the first mortgage down. That adds value to our asset. And they continue to accrue interest that they owe us. That adds value to our asset. So we're sitting in a pretty good position, um, you know, subject to some, there are some statutes of limitation and things like that, but it's just, it's just a fantastic model. It's like having a call option on the equity and the property that doesn't expire and gets more valuable with time rather than less. So, so, so I'll give you, I'll give you in a simpler picture. Okay. Performing mortgage, this guy's paying on the, on the mortgage, there's a first and a second, $300,000 house, $100,000 first. Say that $100,000 first is a 4% interest rate and it's covered by a $300,000 house. You can, maybe you can buy that at par. You're, so you're gonna pay $100,000 for a $100,000 note and you're gonna earn 4%. Okay, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> okay, but there's a $100,000 second. 
okay? And it's coupon, it's not 4%, it's a 7%. Well, I, I'm, all, I'm already almost doubling my, my yield, but I'm buying that. Maybe I can buy that at a 30 or 40% discount. So instead of paying $100,000 for this debt, I'm paying 60 or $70,000. And so my, my coupon is seven, but my yield is 10, 11, 12. You follow me? So, so and is it, is it less safe? I've still got $100,000 in equity above me. Is it less safe? Marginally, not really. In fact, mathematically, I can tell you exactly what that is, you know, because we, we, we do that. We actually do the full math. We do the full mathematical underwriting of what's the intrinsic value of this note based on, based on all possible outcomes. And they sell at discounts to that, okay? And here's, here, so here's the other thing. Not only do you get higher yields on seconds, but when that loan is paid off, so, so that borrower sells that house, right? Or, so they or sell that $300,000 house or they refi it. Both the first and the second get paid off by the new lender, right? So I get paid off. Well, how much do I get paid off? I get paid off my full hundred thousand dollars. No one knows that what I paid for this loan, right? So the borrower owes me hundred thousand dollars. I paid sixty for it. So I make a forty thousand dollar profit. So I make a eleven percent yield until I make a you know uh, uh, you know whatever cap gain. You know, forty thousand dollar profit. <laughs> a forty thousand dollar profit. So it's it's literally. Win in cash flow and then win on cap gain. So yeah, I, I really hope people continue to hate seconds. <laughs> Man, I love that. that. That brought up just a lot of stuff that I, I didn't even think of. I'm I'm not that familiar with note investing, and but you know you can get them, at, especially the seconds. You can get them at a great discount, um, a higher interest rate. So that means higher yields, higher cash flow. Right. You've got the equity growth as the first is paid down, your note becomes yep. more valuable. And exactly. then you get the full repayment upon, uh, you know, refinance or-, or Plus sale. recovering your discount. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then you had mentioned that you have it underwritten to a mathematical equation. Basically, you have an underwriting sheet that can kind of uh, let you mathematically decide whether it's a good investment or it's not. Yep. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's super uh, hidden. Not a lot of people know how to do it. Um, and you do, it is complicated. It's like everything you have to, all the decision-making process you would do in real estate, you still have to do. Yeah. Plus you have to add a financial calculus on your, on your mortgage, plus a financial calculus on the senior mortgage. Okay. And then plus a legal analysis of the, of your state and the foreclosure law. So, so it's, it's much more complicated. Um, it's a really sweet, it's a really sweet uh, deal. And the biggest, the biggest challenge with it, well, there's two right now, Seth. One is for us, the biggest challenge is it's a limited, it, it's a limited opportunity. You know, these, a lot of these seconds never see the light of day. So, so deal flow isn't, isn't, you know, on a continual growth trajectory. Um, so, and we knew, we knew that was coming. And that's uh, this, the second challenge of it is, and, and especially to, to enter the space today, and, and I'll just be 100% transparent. If it were today with, with, with the regulations that have crowded in and the statute of limitations rules. And, and I mean, and then on top of that COVID, which, you know, we've, we've navigated our way through, you know, without really much damage at all, we've actually grown through it. But, but the, the, the thing has changed so much over the last nine years, I would not enter into this space today as a small player. We've gone through the pain of getting licensed. We've got a national bank that serves as our trustee and I mean, we, we've been we've been inspected by by agencies pretty deeply. So we've built a really uh, a sophisticated and and compliance minded organization, which 
is where you want to be in this space. It's not a place for mom and pop. There's too many. I mean, yeah. you can become a felon by buying, a, but literally by buying a loan in the wrong state, if you don't know that. So <laughs> it's pretty shark infested waters, but we've, we've grown up with the sharks. And so we, we can swim with them, but this kind of leads into our, you know, the reason for our, it's, it's, it's a, it's a transition, not that we're leaving one and moving to another, but we're adding because again, back to our original vision, as Bob mentioned, what we really want to do and the need we, you know, we're serving needs there. But the, but the big need we really want to serve is we, we really want to help. And I think it's your, yours too. We want to help people find a way to get some of their portfolio out of Wall Street into uncorrelated you know, opportunities that can be very smartly underwritten, very capital protective, and, and make you know, historically decent returns and, and be counter cyclical and, and not be tied to whatever, you know, person is occupying the White House and what he says or falls asleep during or anything else. You know, we're just kind of on our in our own world. We went through COVID and all of our numbers are going up. You know, when the stock market tanks, you know, we look at the value of our portfolio. Did it go down overnight? No, it's just zipping right along, you know. So so we want to help people get into um, you know, along with us other passive investment vehicles. And we have pretty deep experience in, in vetting not only deals, but vetting sponsors. And so uh, that's that's really our growth trajectory right now is opening up the tent and you know letting some other people into the whole passive investment and alternative investment world. Attorneys, doctors, passive income seekers, I'm talking to you. I remember investing in my first passive real estate deal, the anxiety, the uncertainty of what I didn't know and what I had never done before. It was a lot of money being wired to someone I barely knew. Now, it all worked out, but that's not always the case. I would have never invested in that same deal today now that I have the knowledge and the confidence to know how to invest intelligently. And now with a combination of uncertainty and a flood of newbie sponsors in the market, how do you find the true experts that will perform and make your investment successful? For those of you out there looking to learn how to invest passively in syndications, We've been behind the scenes working on something very special. You don't have time to go through a six month course or to try to make a program designed for deal sponsors work for you. You want to be a passive investor, focus on your career and your family, but add cash flowing, appreciating commercial real estate investments to your portfolio. So you can practice when you want to and not because you have to. We've built a powerful passive investor program designed to teach you everything you need to know but nothing that you don't. It's a four week program, but if you really wanna make moves, it can be completed in just a few days with ongoing support as you make your investment decisions. Passive Income Pro is enrolling now with a very limited number of seats for each cohort, so you can get the hands-on attention that you need. Go to PassiveIncomePro.io to learn more. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's about trying to figure out a way to create your own economy, right? To be able to take back a little bit of control rather than investing in stocks, bonds, or mutual funds where you have no control. You have absolutely no control, as Bob, as you had, you had went through in, in your crater, so to speak. You just, you don't, you lose control of that. And, you know, when you invest in real estate or you invest in alternative investments or you invest in small businesses, you, you take a little bit of that control back. Let me, let me just make a little point along these lines. So I, I, I just did a little research on REITs. So, so people think REITs are real estate, right? right? You go buy a REIT in the stock market, people think it's, it's real estate. It is not real estate. Yeah. 
Okay. So I just look at the top eight REITs, the largest REITs out, out there. So that's real estate investment trust for anybody that's listening that doesn't know what a REIT is. And so, so you, you're buying this, this stock that is primarily investing in real estate. You think you're buying real estate. So I looked at the top eight and I looked at their price to book value ratio. So the price is the price of the shares versus the book value, what they own in real estate. Okay. Uh-oh. And it ranges from 2x to 21x. What that means is you're paying 21 times the value of the real estate. Why not to, just to, to, buy, to buy that? And if people think it's real estate, it is not. It's it is a freaking you know emotional ro- roller coaster ride is what you're on. You're on. You're on. You're not in real estate. It has. It's it's uncorrelated to real estate or or loosely correlated at best to real estate. You know. So real estate is real estate. And so there, there's that. That's why you know we want to we want to really stick into alternative investments that are actually where your book book your price to book value ratio is one. It means for every dollar you're putting in, you're buying a dollar worth of real estate, and that's that's the way you want to do this. And it's only through alternatives and through private alternatives. Exactly. That, that's what your financial advisor will tell you. They'll be like, "Oh, you want to get into real estate? Exactly. Well, why don't you invest in these REITs?" And then most people will be like, yeah, now I'm invested in real estate. Not the <laughs> yeah. same thing. You're, you're still subject to the public markets. You're still subject to emotion. It's, it's not the same. Well, that, that liquidity and that ability to put, you know, $5 or $5,000 into that and, and have access to it the next day if you want it, the price you pay for that is that multiplier above the real value of what you're buying. So, yeah, that's, that's a big cushion that is subject to so many intangibles that, yeah, it's liquid, but the day you want out of it, it's like, crud, it's down 7% from last week. Well, what piece of real estate ever went down, except for like 2009 and 10, went down by that much in, in the, you know, in that time frame. So anyway, I think we're all kind of on the same page with that. And more and more people are discovering this world and it's, that's, that's fulfilling to us and it's very exciting. It's a really good time to be in this world. Yeah, yeah. The quote unquote weakness of real estate is its illiquidity, but that might actually be a strength. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, many, many of the folks listening are attorneys and doctors and, and you know, highly paid W-2s. How do they get involved in note investing? Because you, you had mentioned that, you know, it's shark infested waters. It, it's a complicated um, investment to get into for somebody that hasn't done it before. How would your typical investor get involved? There are a couple note exchanges out there where you can go do your own underwriting and buy a note. You need to hire a licensed mortgage servicer. You need to probably have an attorney look at the look at your your state laws in the state you're buying that mortgage in, and um, do your underwriting. Uh, you know, um, you know, but. That's not what we, you know, we're definitely not recommending that, you know, unless you, that's really for the guys that want to roll, the cowboys that want to roll up their sleeves. Okay. And, and that's great. You know, people that want to do that more power to them. Um, and we did, you know, but we built the scalable model around the easier way, obviously, is to invest in a fund, you know, that is, that's got the experts that know how to do this. And if a note defaults, it's in their wheelhouse, you know, it's no big deal. And, uh, you know, like that. you can do it as a, you can do it as a, as a hobby. Uh, so to speak. I mean, if you're a professional, if, you, if, if you're a highly play, paid professional, it, you're probably going, I mean, you might, I, we know people like this that maybe maybe buy some performing 
reperforming loans from one of the exchanges and put it in their IRA, you know, and, and just let it sit there and cook. And some people even will buy some non-performing loans and then just turn it over to an attorney and say, start the process. But, you know, you, you really have to be selective about the state you pick. There are some states that are, that are you know, like I said, you, you, you could be a felon for buying notes in some states, uh, but you can do it. And, and we can direct people if they want to look us up on our website. We can direct people to some mentors that'll help you get started on small scale. But typically it sounds like your audience are people that you know don't really want to dabble in something. They have some significant money they want to invest passively, truly passively. There's nothing, by the way, there's nothing passive about buying loans, even if you buy quote performing loans, because as soon as one of them stops paying, yes, it's not tenants and toilets and trash, but you know what? It's it's lions and tigers and bears. It's attorneys, <laughs> it's servicers, it's CFPB regulators, it's FDCPA violations. And so it's not a great space to be a mom and pop or to dabble in. And unless Bob said, you know, there are there are mortgage funds, that's what we run and we're not trying to pitch to, you know, uh, but but that's that that's the way to get in with any kind of a scale if you've got some capital that you want to invest passively. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What what are some of the, like the projected returns on, on your guys's funds and feel free to our, to our, our flagship to fund it. our flagship fund pays nine percent and it pays it pays monthly so it's just boom ach into your checking account and here's here, here's the here's the crazy thing okay you you said the big bugaboo about real estate is liquidity and it is we actually have liquidity okay so we have a portfolio of 1200 notes in this flagship fund all right 1200 notes well guess what they self-liquidate. It's like, imagine having a rental portfolio and, you know, once a month, one of your houses sells itself, you know, that's what happens. So these notes self-liquidate whenever a borrower refinances, which they 100% control, or they sell the home, which they 100% control. We get paid off. And by the way, it's a profit. We get paid off at a profit. So we just have these bunch of nuggets out there incubating and they just start, they pop. Yeah. Well, so we have this massive liquidity flow, internal, organic liquidity. We don't have to go borrow money. We don't have to do anything. It's there. And so we actually pass that along to our investors. So as, a, as one of our investors, you, you give us 90 days notice we ask for, although we've, you know, if you need it sooner than that, we'll generally be able to do that. We have a one-year lockup. But after that, it's on any quarter, just ask for your money back. So what happens every quarter we, we build up this pile of cash and we, we basically decide, okay, are we going to send this back to investors who, for redemptions or are we going to go shopping? And, and so, you know, so for investors, it's really, so you get, it's like a 9%, you know, it's, it's, you know, may, you know, I would, we don't want people to think of it as liquid as a, a money market account, but it's not a CD locked up, you know, it's not a piece of real estate you can't sell. So there's a lot of liquidity. So, so yeah, that, you know, it, but it's, it's a, you know, very popular investment. We actually have a very, I, Bob would know the number, but a very small percentage of our, of our, our of our capital at any given time is, is, is under redemption. I mean, most people want to keep rolling. Most what they've people got rolling. In. Yeah. They're trying so to put in so more, it, put in more money. That's our, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really not, it's not, it was Bob's. We, we've never, of, we've never missed a redemption request. We've never failed or had to roll anybody in that. So not to say that that could never happen. You know, we can't make guarantees, but but it's, but it's good, uh, good, steady income that's super well, super well secured, and and the revenues that the fund generates through mortgage payments and then through these payoff events or or refi events 
keeps us way above, you know, flying above the tree. So it's never been a problem paying our preferred return to our investors. And it's just a great model. We also do, and that, that's our income fund. And we also do some limited and very, very well underwritten hard money lending, which is just, you know, you're fixing flippers or somebody. We just, actually, we just finished underwriting one. We're going to be funding it tomorrow on a on a, a, a guy that already owns two apartment buildings out in, uh, uh, let's see, he's in North Carolina and we're, you know, we're closing a loan for him. He, he just needed money fast. I mean, it's high interest, it's 13% money and he'll probably pay us back in six months, but it works for us because it, it you know, we continue to, to, to generate that revenue above our cost of funds. And, uh, you know, so, so we, we have a very good, as Bob said, very good diversification of our, our types of loans, as well as geographically, we're, we're literally, I think we're in over 40 states, our assets are in. So we're not subject to, we're not highly concentrated on the coasts where there's probably the most sensitivity to, to value fluctuations. We love the heartland. We love the flyover country. It's super non-sexy, but super predictable. And the fact of the matter is most of the, most of the underlying collateral properties in our portfolio, even if we had to take the property back, foreclose and take it back, they would rent for more than what, you know, the, the mortgage we, we were collecting anyway. So it, there, it would still be in what I would call a performing, not a cash flowing asset for a short window, but still a performing asset in a sense, right? Because it still, it still has value. It's not losing value. So it's a pretty, uh, it's, it's a pretty elegant model and it's uh, served us well. Yeah. What, what do you do with the properties that you have to take back? Are, are you guys in the business of, of keeping those properties or do you, no. you, you get rid of those as soon as you can? Yeah, we, 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 we actually, we, we very rarely have to, have, to, have to end up with a property. It usually is gone before that point in time. And sometimes we'll, sometimes we'll sell the note as a non-performing note to, uh, to somebody that feels like working it. You know? So uh, we just look, we look at all the available exit strategies but we have been lately because of the, you know, the real estate market, of course, has been has really healed itself up from, you know, when most of these defaults were created, you know, very, very rarely. I mean, we have good equity. There's good equity above us. So that being the case, that means that the homeowner has something to lose, too. Why don't they just so we'll encourage them. Why don't you just put the property on the market? And, you know, we all we all get out of this just fine, you know, and sometimes we can even offer them a, a little discount on our piece to help facilitate the the short sale per se. And yeah. so very in, rare in our, though. In our flagship fund, I think we've had about uh, 25 uh, defaults that we had to exit. Uh, over the course of hundred notes. And this is over, this is since 2017. Yes. And, so, <laughs> and, and not, the, and I think two of them were REOs. So, you know, we just, we just, we actually made money. <laughs> we made money on them. Yeah. It's just, we had to so work. Because of our, of our discount, remember? We actually yeah. made money, and and um, in fact, our 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 we actually on our on our those twenty five defaults, our we actually made profit on all of those defaults. So yeah, our, our overall, overall profit was like thirty percent profit margin on our defaulted loans. Yeah. So wow. that's because of the underwriting models. Yeah. Now that thirty percent we have to work for because we have to we have to go fix the problem. As whereas the rest of the portfolio, it's just. Right. The checks come in and, then, you know, through the servicer and then to us and then to our investors. So that's super easy. But, hey, we, we, we don't mind default that we started in defaulted paper. So we yeah, know we, we do it. We eat defaults for lunch. So <laughs> that, that, that's just a yummy meal for us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. They're probably more profitable, but you've just got to put a little bit more work into exactly. squeezing exactly. the juice out of it. Yes. It's, it's, do you buy the rental house or do you buy the fixer upper and then rent it out? You know, you got to fix it up. That, that's work, you know, so. Anyway, 
All right, guys, before we jump into the Freedom Four, what's one last golden nugget for our listeners? Bob, go ahead. Golden nugget. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, you, you, you got, you're focusing on financial freedom. You know, how do you get really financially free and, and, and truly financially free is truly passive. And to be truly passive, you need to have really good operators, really, really good operators. I would spend, you know, I had a venture capitalist once tell me, he said, no, we, we never bet on the horse. We bet on the jockey. And so when you're looking at sponsors, get the, the get the the operators that you really like they're really smart make sure they're well paid so they have an interest in staying in the game and let them run and that's the way to get true freedom is don't try and poor boy it don't don't try and eke out you know the smallest margins and don't 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 take flyers on operators that are just not the best yeah. and uh so and, and there I'll, you go I'll add my, uh, my, my yin to the yang or whatever on that is, is, you know, so obviously all of us on this panel, uh, you know, believe in educating people. So get educated and pick, pick, a, pick a vertical that you like. You like self-storage, you like apartments, you like mortgage notes and, and, and get, get educated. Listen, sign up for podcast, listen to podcasts, go to, go to a conference or two. But here's, here's the thing, here's my gold nugget. Take action. Bob's going to be laughing at me. I usually overwork a decision before I make it, but you know, <laughs> you know, find an operator that you've done some vetting and don't think, you know, maybe a better one will come along. Take, take a chunk of money. The best way to learn is when you actually have skin in the game. You've not only invested some time to learn, but like, Hey, I put 50 grand from my IRA or a hundred grand into this apartment syndication. Now I get these quarterly or monthly reports. I get to watch it. I'm going to, I'm going to learn about apartments or I'm going to learn about notes or I'm going to learn about whatever it is and, and just start really that the gold nugget is just start and it'll start snowballing and it'll come a point in time where you can maybe leave the day job behind and just enjoy passive income. So. Yeah. At some point you've got to take action. I mean, it's just like, uh, just like betting on a sports game. You're going to pay a lot more attention if you've got skin in the game. Yeah. More fun to watch too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, let's jump into the Freedom Four. It's time for the Freedom Four. What's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? I go, I'll go first if you want. So uh, my faith is foundation to my life. That's the most important thing. So, so I, uh, you know, there's a proverb that says, you know, I'll put it in simple terms. is like, take care of the inner self, take care of your heart. And the stuff that flows out of your life, your physical body, what you touch, what you do, the way you deal with people, there'll be good fruit from that if you if you watch over the the garden of your interior. So, as a Christian, that's uh, that's that's what I do, um, and the rest flows from there. Obviously, you know you got to actually exercise your body for it to be healthy and 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 put the right fuel in it. You know, I'm really big on nutrition and and exercise, and I have a wife that super supports me in that. Supports as in kicks my butt. So. <laughs> Bob, anything to add? Yeah, well, you know, I just, I've lost last year 42 pounds and using the uh, the genius foods. So I just highly recommend that. It's brain health. It's all about eating eating for brain health. And, um, and you know, hopefully my brain is healthier, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but uh, it's just, you know, it's a great tip for me at least. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. With all your success, what is one limiting belief that you've crushed along the way and how did you get past it? 
You know, you know, for, for me, I mean, there was, you know, years ago, I was part of the kind of the hard money crowd and the doomsday, you know, like looking for the next, you know, looking for the shoe to drop, you know, and or the, the cliff you're about to run over. And it seems like everybody's afraid, you know, and I'm telling you that that if you're there, that'll that's a ticket on the poverty train. And the, the, the truth is human activity is increasing. GDP is rising. Humans adapt. We will always have problems. We'll always, always have issues and dangers and humans will always adapt and overcome over time. And so it's, you know, bet on, bet on growth, bet on, bet on solutions. Don't bet on fear. And that, so that, that really unlocked the, the wealth for us. And really going, going right along with that. It's, you know, I mean, there's two ways to look at any challenge that comes your way. You know, one is, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Another is you see the opportunity, you go, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in, and that's why we love the real estate realm within alternative investments, because honestly, there, there is a way to position yourself when things are crashing and be hugely profitable. And there's a way to position yourself. Obviously, it's easier when things are are going like they've been going, frankly, for the last, you know, several years. And so, you know, you, you just don't spend a lot of time kicking yourself over, maybe getting off the boat too late when it was going the wrong direction. And just, you're always looking for which way is opportunity flowing right now. And, and there always is, there always is opportunity, no matter where the, which direction the needle's pointed. So, yeah. What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom? Take action, buy something, invest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And buy, and buy something passive. I, you know, these, That's what I mean. There's, there's so many great passive in, incomes or pa passive opportunities out there by really top-end operators. Do it. Yeah, that's the great thing about what you guys are doing. I mean, people don't realize that. I mean, I, people are kind of stuck in that investing in 401k, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, things like that. And they don't really know anything else. And even if they, the thought crossed their mind that, hey, I want to diversify, I want to get into alternative investments, they don't know. So we've got to educate them and show them there are other opportunities out there, great opportunities. Exactly. And, and there's a bunch of them. And you, you don't have yeah. to do fix and flips to invest. There, there are exactly. passive ways to get into it. Yeah, and, and if you're getting off the emotional roller coaster. I mean, how many people are checking the stock market, you know, every day and thinking, oh, you know, you know, how much money did I lose? It's like it's, that's not a roller coaster I'm on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Last but not least, how has passive income made your life better? <laughs> how well, first of all, I'll 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 go first and say, you know, because of where I was 10 years ago, uh, most of my income, you know, has been very active, but it's, it's, it's multiplicative. It's, it's, it's in the, it's in the business owner quadrant as opposed to the self-employed. And frankly, that's for partnering up with Bob. I think I would have been still in the self-employed quadrant. I would have, it would have gone well, I just, but it, but it, it wouldn't have been a business. It wouldn't have been a company. I mean, Bob and I built a company now that honestly, I mean, we have such good processes and, 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 and a team in place that in a sense it's passive, income through through owning a business. But since we're really growing it for the sake of the next generation, we're still very active. But but the money, the money that it spits off to us, now we're, you know, adding a lot into the into the passive investor quadrant. So we're looking at people's apartment syndications and self-storage and stuff that's a little bit out of our direct bailiwig. And, and it's uh 
I mean, it's great. It's great to just have income coming in and you're not necessarily the work that you do for your passive income, you do on the front end. It's your vetting process and your due diligence. And then, you know, you have to manage it too. You have to keep your eye on what the people are doing. Are they doing what they say they're going to do? So I don't know if anything's 100% passive, but anyway, that's my story, Bob. Long-term cap gains. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me happy. (laughs) Love it, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been fantastic. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Aspen, like the tree, funds, F-U-N-D-S, dot U-S. No space. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. All right. Pleasure to be here with you, Seth. All right, Bob and Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. True professionals there. These guys are real pros. Um, I've partnered with them on, on on a number of deals already, and they know their stuff. Um, They are true experts in the industry. All right. Well, check this out. Look, with all this volatility in the stock market, I'm sure you've considered investing in real estate. If you're unsure about how to invest passively or where to find great deals and great sponsors or don't even know what a syndication is, but you should because you've been listening to my show, I've got something for you. Passive Income Pro. It's a four-week program guaranteed to give you the knowledge and the confidence you need to invest in your first or your next passive real estate deal. Just go to PassiveIncomePro.io to get started. All right, kiddos, as always, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.